Hey everyone, it's Paul Durham. Welcome to Telling Lies to Children. Uh, it's been a few weeks since you've heard from me. That's because I've been working on today's double episode. More on that in a second. Uh, but first, I have uh, lots of announcements for you. So, exciting, I have an on-sale date for The Last Gargoyle. You may have heard me talk about The Last Gargoyle, my next middle grade novel. That will be coming out on January 9th, 2018. Uh, seems like a long way off, but I know from past experience that six or seven months kind of flies by in the lead up to uh, to a non-sale date for a book. So um, stay tuned for lots more information on that, lots more news. I'll be talking more and more about The Last Gargoyle as we get close to uh, launch date. Um, and one other thing, I have uh, a new way that you can support the podcast uh, if you choose to do so, uh, or any of the other activities I do, like free Skype visits and school visits around the country, things like that. Um, I have a Patreon page. Um, you can find it at patreon.com slash Paul Durham. If you don't know what Patreon is, it's a way where uh, fans and supporters can support things like podcasts uh, on a monthly basis uh, just by making very small monthly contributions. Uh, again, you listening and buying books is enough, uh, but should you decide you ever want to do more to keep uh, the podcast and other things going, at least check out the page even if you don't become a patron, uh, there's some cool videos and things on there. So again, that is patreon.com slash Paul Durham. All right, so on today's episode, today is part one uh, of what I would call a special uh, two-part experimental podcast. Uh, and that is because, uh, as some of you may or may not know, uh, I teach at the New Hampshire Institute of Art, NHIA. Uh, that's in Manchester, New Hampshire, not too far uh, from where I live. And two of my colleagues and I, Lisa Sear and Corey Levine, thought it would be a fun idea and great for the students if we combined our classes and gave the, our freshmen an opportunity to be interviewed on a podcast. And it just so happened that I have a podcast, and we thought it would be, be cool to interview them here. So what we did is we, we all got together in the auditorium, uh, got together in a big classroom, and I just took some volunteers, and they came up to talk about their work talk about their influences, talk about what it's like to be a student at NHIA. And uh, I'll just say that, you know, for many of them, this was the first time they'd ever been interviewed uh, by anybody in, in any form before. So I give them all a lot of credit uh, for being brave. And uh, although this is a little bit different format uh, from what I usually normally do here on the show, I think if, uh, if you are somebody who uh, ever wanted to go to art school, uh, if you're somebody who has a child who's considering art school, uh, or NHIA uh, in particular, or again, just in general, uh, or if you're just curious uh, to see what uh, and hear what artists have to say, young artists, uh, freshmen who are making their way as visual artists or writers uh, or creators, um, it, you might find this one kind of interesting. So this is part one. There'll be a second part where I can uh, get the rest of the students in and uh, pick it up with me and the freshmen of NHIA right after the break. Thanks for joining us. Shh. Are the kids gone? Good. It's time for Telling Lies to Children with me, your host, Paul Durham. This is a first-of-its-kind podcast, one hosted by a children's author, that's me again, but intended for adults who live and breathe children's literature. That's you. Whether you're a librarian, a media specialist, a teacher, or a parent, we all work with children every day. But sometimes, it's nice to talk like adults with adults who share our love of children's books and publishing. I'll be chatting with editors at the world's biggest publishing houses, literary agents, award-winning authors, booksellers, librarians, and even young readers. Join me and my guests as we give you a candid, behind-the-scenes look at children's publishing, the business of telling lies to children but only the best kinds of lies, of course. Welcome, and I hope you enjoy the show. All right, so I'm back at NHIA for my uh, very special podcast, which is working and chatting with freshmen, students in our Professional Practices 101 class. And right now I'm here with Marty Frontero. Did I screw up your name or did nope, I get it right? perfect. All right, Marty. Thanks for being brave and being the first one of the day to come no up problem. and do this. It's the story of my life. 
being brave. No, being oh, first. Being the first. Yeah. Yeah. What else? What else have you been first at? Um. Well, I'm the oldest of my my litter of siblings. There you go. My father's married three times, so I'm the third litter, but the firstborn in that litter. Firstborn right. of a litter. Yeah. Quite the family tree, right? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. My um family's like way older than me, so. Does art and creativity run in your family? Um, various areas. My mom's a photographer by nature. She has a crazy photographic memory. So instead of her having to explain everything that she sees all the time down to what, how fast the wind was moving at this time of my birth, she, um, she has a way about taking pictures and just instead of taking tons of pictures, she just knows when to snap the picture at that right moment. So it's pretty cool. That is cool. Very admirational, but as far as I'm concerned, photography is her thing, not my thing. So what? Is, so what's your thing? My thing is, um, well, I grew up like writing stories, and as far as learning how to um, read, it was like priority number one in my world. Like I wanted to read and learn as much as I could about something, um, but in order to become a good writer and illustrator and artist, you have to observe and like really listen to the world around you. So. I spent the first like five or six years of my life really quiet and just like listening to people talk and only talking when I wanted to ask a question about something, which usually led to another question, which, you know, I was one of those kids who like, why the sky is blue? And then they got the answer and asked why, 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 why? All the way or, or, until I found that I knew enough about something that I could then retell the story or add my own perspective to it. So um, I went from... Uh, up to the age six of being completely quiet and like the quiet firstborn and my younger siblings were like all over the place mm -hmm. to being the chatty Cathy of my family because I had now all this knowledge that I wanted to share and then I started writing it down as picture books and then as um, children's book stories and um, really taking the environments and just adding um, like a summary which is basically where my stories come from and my illustrations come from. Can you remember the first uh, children's book or, or work that you put together? Yeah. So it was called Miss Kitty. And it was Miss, about... Miss Kitty. Okay. Miss Kitty. It was very yeah. simple. Yeah. And um, it was, was about, about a dog. No, it was about a, it was <laughs> about a cat okay. that lived in a junkyard with her friends. And um, they used to always meet on top of this... Um, this like six foot fence, wooden fence. And like, they would just have conversations with each other on the fence, but it was a picture book. So I would bring the picture book to class every day and add more illustrations to it. And then I would start from square one and my, I can't believe my teacher used to let me do this. I swear it was just to kill time, but I would start from the first page and then I would retell the story, but there were no words. So I could tell the story however I wanted to. So that was my first story I ever did. So you've been telling stories for your whole life to some degree, right? Yeah, for yeah. sure. So what kind of stories are you telling now? Um, I like to write stories about, um, things that people don't normally see when they're in the same room as someone else. So I like to write about perspectives of people. Like um, I have a couple short stories about a mom and daughter and how um, the mother's perspective on her teenage daughter is about safety and worry and all this work that she's put into creating this like perfect fragile being. And the other is the perspective of the daughter where she the same scenario the same problem but it's a completely different like she feels like her mom's taking away her power and not giving her enough freedom and protecting her too much and she just wants to rebel and she doesn't think her mom loves her but really her mom does love her she's it's just the the two different perspectives and ideally i want to make these like short stories about the different parents and children that i meet in my life as a book that where a mother and daughter can both read it and kind of understand together. Yeah, so exploring relationships between. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. like, that's kind of prevalent now because I have a child and I understand how much work you put into creating this like perfect world for your child. So. Yeah, it's really. So did you find uh, when you were writing before you had your child, were you still wanting to write for children? Were you wanting to write for children at that point? Or did you have different interests and you found that it evolved once you became a parent? Um, I think I went through like a really dark phase of like trying to understand the underworld of things. Mm -hmm. Like when you become a fly and then you just have to learn how to fly on your own. And um, you don't have like the guts or the gumption to go back to your or the humbleness to go back to your parents and say, this isn't really working out. So dive into this world of cynicism for a little while, like a little chip on your shoulder. And you like just go through the world with like 
it's kind of like having like a drill in your hand and you're just like drilling through life and and poking holes like um like like strip clubs and like um bar brawls and like different people cd people like me along my way it's like you as an observer you can be an observer and you don't have to like get too involved into their lives you really just listen to their lives and you're like all right i guess i'm not going to do that with my life yeah. you know so that's kind of where i went with a lot of my writing in my early to mid 20s and then um nowadays i like i'm coming back to my roots like i used to write this character throughout most of my childhood into my young adulthood where she just evolved with me it's like she grew with me and now i'm getting more into relocating those stories and polishing them up and making them like reconnecting with my own childhood and the adventures that this character yeah. went on so I could kill some time and kind of just analyze and organize my own thoughts at that age. And it's pretty cool. Like looking back at that stuff and realizing that there's still a need for that in this world. Yeah, absolutely. Now will, will Miss Kitty ever make an appearance for your, for your, uh, probably child? not. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> but, it has, it, has, it, has, it might have some legs, the cat and the dog talking on the backboard, well, you yeah. know? Cats usually end up in my stories because yeah. um, I've been very fortunate to have those little spirit creatures and be kind of like my um, spirit guide. So I like to put a cat or a pet involved because when you're growing up, that pet is usually your first real companion. So um, my story that I was telling you about that I've carried on through the years, um, she has a cat and his name is Smelly. And, you know, he... She found him in a trash can, and it's primarily based on real life. Like, yeah. I found a bunch of kittens in a trash can and um, in a snowstorm, and they're, like, all frozen solid, no mom around. So we kept Smelly because he never learned how to clean himself. And Someone's got to do it, right? Someone, someone has to love him. But yeah. I mean, he followed me around everywhere. So yeah. I was like, you know, I had him until I was, like, 16 years old. So um, those are the kind of um, really, like, the, the jewels of life is, like, having – something that's unconditional that just like you love it and it loves you and that's all that it really that's all that you really need from each other except for like the occasional bag of food or a clean litter box yeah yeah and um so do you have is there somewhere people can go to read any of your work has anything been published do you have a blog Um, have anything like that any any of that good stuff not as of yet i'm really just like kept a lot of that stuff to myself yeah um going to new hampshire start is my opportunity to polish and create and learn how to polish it the right way so that it doesn't ruin what I've accomplished already and I would like to have the proper guidance I think that um, taking the courses this past semester has definitely like helped me understand like where my work needs to be seen and how it can be seen and how I can have a greater impact yeah well that's great that's terrific well thanks for spending some time with me Marty it was really really nice to chat I hope we'll get to do it again yeah for sure all right there we go that was that was, that was painless, wasn't it? Yeah, it was all right. All right, it was all right. Man. <laughs> all right. Next up is Ryland Myers. Ryland, thanks for joining me. Thank you. So, um, you, were you tell me a little bit about you, your art, what are you majoring? You're not one of my students, so I am a blank slate. Tell me, tell me, uh, tell me something about yourself. I run the game design club. Oh, cool. Okay. Tell me about tell me about the game design club because that sounds interesting to me. Currently, we are working on a short game with still in planning stages we're unsure of how long it will be but we're thinking like a few hours of gameplay and we're not too sure on the concept right now but it's still in development stages we've got characters down we've got somewhat of a storyline down okay and we meet once a week and it's just a really fun time how many people are in the club uh i think six of us okay it kind of varies on meeting time because everyone has their own work schedule so yeah yeah, and is are they primarily creative writers? Is it a mix of different disciplines? Uh, I believe I am the only creative writer only in okay. it. Okay, yeah. uh, everyone else is illustration. Okay, well, someone has someone has to actually write the story behind that. Yeah, game, right. So is that your job? Is that what you do? We all collaborate on every single part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, we all create characters together. We create the storyline together. We we give each other feedback on what we need to do. Okay. Great, cool. I actually do most of the coding, so. Oh, you do the coding. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's uh, I I'm a writer as well, and I couldn't code. You know, I can I can't you know change the. I, w- I was going to say I can't change the same on the VCR, but I don't even have a VCR anymore, like most people don't. So, um, so so that so uh, what kind of things do you write? What's you, how long have you been cre- have you been writing for 
Are you like a lot of us? We've been writing since you were a kid. Um, I've been writing since I've known how to read. Yeah, which has been a very long time, and um, I've mainly developed into poetry. Okay. I don't really write fiction as much as I'd like to anymore because I'm so stuck in poetry because it's so interesting to me. Okay. Tell me a little bit. So I I am, uh, I don't want to say I'm entirely ignorant about poetry, <laughs> but um, I'm pretty ignorant when it comes to poetry. As I, so so what, kind of, um, what kind of poets move you? Do you have influences that? Um, main influences are classic poets like E.E. E. Cummings, mm-hmm. Allen Ginsberg. Those are my two main inspirations right now. Yeah. Okay. Um, and when I'm writing poetry, I usually write about my own personal experiences or I write poems for my friends if it's like a special occasion for them and I write how far I've seen them come and grow as I've known them throughout their lives. Oh, that's nice. Like a personalized poem. Yeah. 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 That's a cool gift. It's kind of unique. I've actually been working on doing poetry zines for my friends as gifts. Um, mm-hmm. I work them in InDesign. I write all the poetry and then I print them out, bind them myself, and then I give them to my friends. Oh, that's great. That's cool. Yeah. So uh, do you have, has any of your poetry been published? Is there somewhere where people can go and read it? Or do you do you read it? Do you do any you know, readings? Or? I do slam poetry. I am oh, actually cool. on the school's Cupsy team. Right. Do you, um, so when you do slam poetry, where, whereabouts? I usually do like little school events mainly. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I do go to like cafes to do slam poetry. If there's an open mic night around, I try to make it to that. Mm-hmm. And what do you like? What do you like about it? Is that is that something that you've always liked? Was that like kind of a natural fit for you, or is it something that you sort of evolved into? Or? It was something I really evolved into after going to an English camp, and we did a lot of slam poetry there. Okay. And it was, I feel like my writing really developed after I went to that camp, and now that I'm here at the institute, I get to develop my poetry even more, and I get to be a slam poet even more than I originally was. Oh, okay, cool. And, and um, is it? Do you have any of your work up online or published anywhere that people can read it? Or not quite yet. Okay. I'm getting there. Okay, but they can come listen to you. Yes. Yeah. So do you have? So what's coming up? Anything coming up uh, in the Manchester area that you're any? Not that I'm aware of. Not quite yet. Okay, but if there is, you'll drop in on it. Yeah, I definitely will. And, and you'll do something. Okay, cool. What have you? So you're a freshman. Yeah? Yes. Um, what have you? Uh, you know, and this is this is. Uh, I, it's, it's a loaded question when I ask people this when they're being recorded. But what do you what? How do you have you liked the NHA so far? I mean, is it I treat, love it here. Has it treated you well? Yes, I love it here. It's really great. I've made a lot of good friends, mm-hmm. and I feel like my writing has really developed. So yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Um, are you so, so semester's winding down? Yeah. Yeah. Are you um, are you from are you from this area? You from, no, I'm from Illinois. From Illinois. Okay. So how did you find your way to New Hampshire? Um, I went to a portfolio day and I met one of the admissions people at Portfolio Day and I talked to them and I was like wow this is my dream school I should definitely apply here right cool and have you liked have you liked your New Hampshire experience so far yes the weather has been wild but mm. yeah that's part of it well Illinois is not exactly the tropics either though. no yeah so the so cold winters are not you're not a stranger to that no yeah yeah that's great well Ryland thanks so much it was great it sounds like you're doing some cool stuff and I wish you a lot of luck with the slam poetry and the game design and all that all that great stuff all right thank you all right thanks All right, so next up is one of my students. This is Elisa Delise. Hi, everybody. Hi, Elisa. <laughs> Elisa, I knew you would be good at this because you're, so, you're always so cheerful every time I see you. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, so, so tell everybody a little bit about yourself. You, I know you, you're an illustrator, right, yeah. among other things. But tell, tell everybody what, what, uh, what excites you about art. What's your, what's your thing? Well, my goal in life is, like, I don't know when I'm going to start my apprenticeship, but I shouldn't have just went off that. I'm sorry. That's all right. Go. But I initially want to be a tattoo artist. Right. Which I, which I never really put a whole lot of. Before I started teaching here at NHA, I never put a whole lot of thought into the connection between illustration and and tattooing. Which I really should have because obviously, um, I was. I, I know there are a few students who are illustrators who want to be tattoo artists. So how was that something that you always wanted to do? Did you start out with illustration or did you always have an interest and fascination in, in tattooing? Or? I've always loved like the alternative world with like tattoos, piercings, mm-hmm. body modifications. Yeah. Is there a particular type of style uh, of tattoo that of tattooing that relates to your artwork, or what? what the, so, what do you see yourself? What kind of uh, what kind of style do you see yourself? I can see myself doing just traditional American tattoos with like bold color, 
Okay. And I, I'll also be willing to do black and white, and that's something I know I need to work on. So what's like, what would a traditional American... So when I think of traditional American tattoos, and maybe they just don't know, I think of like sort of like the old school kind of like um, like Sailor Jerry, like pin-up tattoos and things like that, or like, you know, kind of... Is that is that kind of that style, or what, what other stuff? Yeah, I would love to do some pin-ups, and also like things like hearts with skulls and stuff like that, mm-hmm. flowers. Yeah. And how does that um, how does that relate to is that what you when in your illustration is that what you do when you illustrate? When I illustrate things on my own, that's pretty much what I do. But like when I have stuff for assignments, I'll do what the assignment says, but then I'll like add my own style to it. Oh, that's what makes it fun, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. So um, you talked. To, I'm going to ask. I don't want you to say anything that would get you in trouble because um, you're probably not light. Have you ever tattooed anybody before at this point? You can you well, can you can either nod or shake your head or something that maybe wouldn't I've actually. I've drawn be... <laughs> on people before, but I've never actually tattooed okay, before. Okay, right, because of course you must have to be an apprentice or have some sort of license to do that. Yeah, I actually want to start my apprenticeship either spring semester of junior year or fall semester of senior year. Yeah. So do you have? I know you're from Manchester, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So do you do you um, do you know um, other tattoo artists in the in the community or in the area that you've met or that you're reaching out to? Well, I recently just interviewed this lady, Sarah Partridge. She works at, I think it's Twilight Tattoos and Piercings in Keene. Okay. And I actually interviewed her as for, through email as part of the project you gave us. Okay. And she, w- she was really nice, and she answered all my questions. So... So I might reach out to her in the future. Yeah, it's a good place to start. And um, and and again, I don't I don't mean this in a, in a personal way, but I'm I'm always curious. Do you have tattoos yourself? Oh yes, you, I just oh no, have... you don't have to show me. It's okay. No, no I, I'll take I'll take your word for it. I just have yeah. one little tattoo. Oh, you, but just, you just I definitely plan on getting more. I'm gonna be covered in tattoos. Right. Okay. So that's I mean that's always curious to me. I have I am terrified of needles. So as much as I don't I would often thought that it would be fun to have a tattoo. I know I would make the life of whoever was tattooing me miserable when I it's... passed out and. Hit my head on the floor. <laughs> it's not um, as bad as you think. I promise. I, I'll, t- I'll take your word for it. But we'll probably leave it at leave it at that. Yeah. But but yeah, no. I, I've always also thought it was interesting. I suppose there are some tattoo artists who don't have tattoos at all, right? I guess yeah. it's possible, but it's. I would think that they kind of go hand in hand together. Yeah. Yeah. So, what have you liked about NHIA so far? I just love the acceptance, and I don't know. I just feel like everything is just so positive around me and everybody's so accepting and they're so open to getting to know you and they don't judge you right off the bat. Yeah, it's great. It's great to be in a place where people are kind of free to be themselves, right? Yeah. Yeah, and not everywhere is not everywhere is like that, and and that's one of the things I really appreciate about teaching here is I, I like the fact that you know students can be who they are, right? Um, and and people are less judgmental than in, than in other institution. Yeah. So is, do you have, um, uh, as far as your portfolio goes, is, do you have any work online that people can see? or is there? Any... Well, I actually do have a Facebook page. There's not that much on it, but mm-hmm. I am improving on that. It's called Elisa's Vibrant Illustrations. Cool. I already have, I think, over 70 likes. Oh, okay, great. And so, and there's going to be more and more vibrant illustrations on there. There yeah. definitely will be. Excellent. Excellent. Well, Elisa, it was fun as always chatting with you. Thanks for spending some time on my podcast with me. No problem. All right. Everybody give Elisa a hand. Nice job. All right. Next up is another one of my students. This is Liz Johnson. Hi, Liz. Hi. And Liz is, I know Liz is here from Chicago. Yes. That's it, right. And, um, Liz, now the reason, unlike some of the other interviewees, I actually know a few things about Liz because she is in my class, but you're a creative writer or a writer of some sort. Yes, I am a creative writer. Um, I ultimately want to be a screenwriter. So in my near future, uh, my plans is to be like Tyler Perry do plays in, be like Tyler Perry and do plays in movies. So I want to actually work with him. Well, that's a good, that's a good ambitious goal to to have, right? So tell me what, I mean, so tell me what you've, what are you writing so far? What have you been writing? What do you do? Recently, I have started to do 21st century poems and things like that. So I focus on, I've always focused on reality, realistic fiction. I don't do um, any other like sci-fi or anything. I'll um, do realistic fiction. Mm-hmm. And now I talk about my recent poetry have been about relationships and um, uh, like online things, just 
incorporating the now day-to-day life into our words and just trying to connect with younger people as well so they can get back into wanting to read more and find interest in things because when I grew up I know it took a lot for me to read a book because I close everything off if I don't like it if I don't find anything interesting or something grabbing I'm not going to read it mm-hmm. so I want to do that one to make reading fun again for kids you know something interesting yeah no and that's a great goal to have you know as somebody who writes for kids myself I think it's you know I I happen to think that kids books can be fun and exciting in page turners and still be good for them and have like real you know strong messages and things like that there have you always been a reader your whole life and when you yes. I mean even though maybe you you would close a book that didn't, didn't hold your attention when <laughs> yeah. you were when you were young were you always somebody that had like your nose in a book or yes I always loved reading and my mom she was just like I don't know where you get it from because I'm not a reader at all but I loved reading and reading actually did not get me to write my life got me to write because I used to hold a lot of things in and it was got so bad that I started to have seizures um because of my um just build up of emotions and a lot of people don't know that if you keep things in that it takes a toll on your body and your body can actually start to you know re like react and so um after that I started writing because I didn't like talking to people um and I wrote and I wrote about life and I guess that's why I like to write and um do things and that's why I am I am realistic with my writings because I feel like a lot of people when they connect and they read those certain things, they're like, oh, my God, I actually have somebody out there that's just like me and, you know, doesn't like to do these things and does like to do these certain things. Um, And I feel like I can connect to more people that way, things that I have actually experienced myself. Yeah. So have you always been a a storyteller or was it really when you had to, was it really when you had to sort of deal with your own sort of internal emotions that that were having these physical manifestations on you? Um, did you always have an inclination to tell stories or was that really the spark for you? Well, I've always been a talker, you know. So. No, not you, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I've always just related to people as in just having fun talking to them. And I could just talk to anyone and find a connection with them somehow, some way. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually the first book that I wrote, it wasn't like an emotional thing. It was actually about my, me and my grandpa and our love and me and my mom we really didn't have a good relationship because she wasn't really there for me but as soon as I started writing she paid more attention and I was like oh okay I like this because you know I love attention and you know now my mom is showing me some stuff and I'm like okay um and I started doing that and my mom would start talking about me more to other people I'm like oh this is I'm actually good because my mom is very hardcore and if she doesn't like something she's going to tell you oh no Mm -hmm. and she actually liked my stuff and I'm like okay so I must be I must be something I, I must be doing something if I can touch her someone that's very hard to touch and I'm not trying to be like that person like oh yeah no my mom doesn't sugarcoat anything mm-hmm. then I feel like I can touch many more people even with a softer heart yeah. so that's interesting so do you feel like so your writing has helped you um, create a better relationship with your mom yes most definitely she's yeah. actually the reason why I applied to um, art colleges to be a creative writer because I was thinking about going down a different path you know try to make fast money but she was like no do this so she encouraged you to um, really follow something that you were passionate about yes. and that you and that you believed in that was important to you not yes. necessarily just just chase a, a job for security or money but but because you had a love for it yes yeah and that's such a great message you know it's it's I think for some parents it's a hard message to mm-hmm. share because you know as, as as being a parent myself sometimes you, know, you always want what's best for your kids and you want your kids to, to be successful and, and have everything that they've ever wanted um, but that's really terrific that she realized that sometimes you know, being happy and having a passion mm-hmm. is even more important than yeah than, than sort of that, that other stuff have you um have you ever had your work published anywhere or even if it's just online in a personal blog or in a, any kind of publication no I've ha- I have never done publication yet but I have been to poetry events and um I do a lot of slam poetry because oh, okay. I have this voice for it mm-hmm. um I read just I always love to read and my voice for reading is not trying to toot my own horn but toot toot um, it goes there goes the horn I'll add an effect later yeah. yeah so um I do that and I have won competitions and that actually a competition actually led me to be in a magazine mm-hmm. so um I have I have started 
places. Um, I'm just waiting right now, honestly, to perfect my craft. And I know nothing is perfect, but I want to make sure that once I get out there, mm-hmm. it's what I, I don't want to go back and be like, oh my gosh, this is, you know, something I would never want to publish. I don't want to regret anything. Yeah. So I'm... But you're just, you know, and you are, and of course, this is the old man telling you now that you're, you're, just, you're just starting out. And yeah. whenever you look back at your early work, there's always going to be stuff you're going to yeah, say, oh, I it could have been better. I can't believe I wrote that. So yeah. don't be too hard on yourself. And sometimes yeah. you just have to, sometimes you just have to put your work out there and, and, um, and realize that you'll just get better. That's, that's what happens. One of the yeah. nice things about being writers is that the older we get, we don't, we're not like athletes where our skills yeah. just get worse. Yeah. Uh, hopefully we just, we just get, we just get better. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Liz, uh, you're always fun to chat with. Yes. This was no this was no exception, and, and I thank you so much for spending some time with me on my podcast. Thank you. All right. Nice job, All right, another one of my awesome students. It's Kelly Towsley. Hi, Kelly. Hello. Thanks for coming up here. <laughs> and you're like, well, you'd made me. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't actually make anybody come up. These were all no. these, come up. These were volunteers. all all volunteers. Um, for you, I want to jump right into something you did recently that was really cool um, and talk about uh, Fashion Week here in New Hampshire. I did not know that there necessarily was a Fashion Week in New Hampshire. Um, this was the second annual New Hampshire Fashion Week. Yeah. Um, I helped out with it last year, and then this year I actually participated in it as both a model and a student designer. Um, so basically, as a student designer, you were allowed to submit three entries of designs, and personally, I work with recycled work. And as kind of a joke, I say, yeah, I work with a circle of trash, but it doesn't look like trash. Um, it's nice so trash. It's, it's very nice trash. Yeah. Um, I actually make prom gowns and stuff, and my three designs walked down the runway, and then I got to walk down with them, which was nice. And I was tied for first in the uh, student competition, and the way that was judged was by points. So they actually had to have a 20-minute debate, um, and they ended up going with a um what's the word a student who come from a different country uh and her designs were beautiful and like i actually we make we became friends at the end of the thing and it was super cool um so i'm still in contact with her well you're such a good sport (laughs) no hard feelings right i mean oh no yeah no that's great to be there yeah um, but that's awesome. I mean, that's awesome. Yeah. The fact that you 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 were tied for first. So and, I got second yeah. place, and yeah. like we all got prizes, which was nice. Right. So basically, they're scholarships to help fund future projects that we're working on. Yeah. Well, con- congrats. So. Yeah. Congratulations. So let me. So how much work goes into putting? Like, so how long were you working on your designs to to prepare for for the show? Um, I'm kind of a perfectionist. Okay. So if I notice anything wrong, I immediately go back in. So one of my gowns, I probably had a total of close to 30 hours on it, um, while the other two were more of a wild kind of design, mm-hmm. and I probably spent closer to like six or eight on each of them. And, so. you, and you described it as nice trash. What kind of materials go into it? Like, what, what materials did you use? Um, really anything that I can conceptualize, because I base my work off of like the story that the material tells me. Okay. So for one of my red gowns, I actually used a bed skirt and turned it into like almost a Spanish kind of flare um, when it walked on the runway. And then another was a set of curtains mm-hmm. that had been antique. Um, and I had another one that was actually just an old prom gown that was like floor length and I turned it into like a semi-formal dress. Um, some of the other things I do, I work with like umbrellas that have broken so like you use that fabric and that can be really fun. Um, even something as crazy as like ironing out plastic can be turned into something really neat like jewelry or other wearables that you can use so very cool no podcast would be complete without sirens in the background um <laughs> I, I i could tell you every time i record in in new york this happens to me um yeah so it's just we're, we have a little bit of a metropolitan feel for for, for this one we are talking and, about fashion yeah. week after all right so works in the city yeah right. yeah so how does so how does your fashion design relate to what you're studying here at nhia and your and your other art interests um well i'm a design major here so i work with gd a lot mm-hmm. however i've been doing like fashion and sketching like clothing since I was like tiny Mm -hmm. Um, and I learned to sew when I was eight so I've kind of grown up doing that and translated it into my schoolwork here so I do like cosplay and costumes as like part of my assignments Um, but yeah so there's that 
Did you make your own clothes when you were little? Did you ever try to, or was that, yeah? I do that. I'm actually wearing jeans right now that I made for myself. Really? Yeah. I would never, I mean, they look great. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> they're, yeah, I would never have guessed in a million years that you, that's, so that, that's actually really cool. You can kind of yeah. do one-off clothes for yourself. And, um, and so when did that start? So when, like I said, when you were, when you were six, seven, eight years old, were you making your own stuff? Uh, I basically started off in costuming because personally, Halloween is my favorite holiday in the world. I can, I would have guessed. Yeah. <laughs> so... I would make costumes for both myself and my little brother, and then it got to the point where I was helping out with theater programs and stuff and sewing costumes for them, too. Um, and then that kind of translated into, I found out what cosplay was, which is you can wear a costume any day of the week, yeah. which is a really great and fun concept. Um, and from there, it translated even more into just like normal clothing and fashion, um, streetwear. Yeah. And I actually have job opportunities in Paris and Boston. Um, from the fashion show, based from, on that from this, this past yeah. one, that is awesome! Congratulations, I didn't know Thanks. that. So, which one are you gonna? Which one are you gonna take? Are you can you, you don't want to say? <laughs> I have no idea yet. Um, the concept of Paris is really exciting. Yeah, because um, <laughs> the first event is Montreal yeah. in Canada. So. Yeah, that's pretty. Uh, that's pretty cool. So, yeah. so when will when uh, when will you know? When do you have to make a decision? Um, I have to make a decision in like a couple months. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm thinking that. I'll make the final decision once school ends, yeah. um, and I'll see, because we have Art Attack coming up soon where I'm selling some of my designs and my jewelry and all of that, Yeah. and we'll see how that kind of goes and what direction I want to go when I do get to one of those places. So, when uh, Do you have any anything in stores or anywhere they, where people can buy your stuff and your designs now? Um, I pretty much do private commission, where mm -hmm. people can come see what I have and buy it off me then. Yeah. Is there a way they can find you that you'd like to? Uh, that I'm, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm coaxing you to try to say where they can, <laughs> how they can find you. Um, I have an Instagram, uh, which is New Life Designs, and I also have a Facebook page um, that's just my name, Kelly Towsley. Okay. And people can come find me there. Um, there's also going to be a New Life Designs specific page soon. Um, it's still in the process of being set up. Yeah. But. Well, that's awesome. Well, congratulations. I'm so excited about your, your Boston and Paris job offers. I wish I had to go to Paris for a while. So, yeah. thank you, Kelly. Thank you. All right. Good job. All right. Next up is Justin Adams. Justin, how are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for uh, thanks for joining me. I, I know next to nothing about you because I just met you. Yeah, me neither. But I, so. other than the fact that I know that you're, other than the fact that I know you're a student, I'm assuming you're a student at NHIA and just wandering off the street, right? Well, maybe he's I like. Think, I think I'm a student. Yes. Yeah. Um, so tell me a little bit about yourself. What do you what what's your uh, what's your art? What's your craft? I'm a photographer. Okay. Uh, cool. I would deal with mostly like conceptual art photography versus just taking pictures of what's already there. Okay, cool. And um, have you been, are you like a lot of photographers where you've always been sort of had an eye for images and photography ever since you were younger or? That's, that's funny that you asked that because it's like, I don't even know how I became a photographer. I just started taking pictures when I was a kid and I just never stopped. Yeah. And now it's just, I couldn't even see myself stopping. So, 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 so tell me, tell me a little bit about your, about conceptual photography. Like help, help somebody like me who, again, is not a visual artist understand what, like, and I, and this is a, I, I don't have, you know, I don't have a photograph in front of me. So try to, try to, I mean, help me understand what you do, what kind of, what your style is. So, so like a painter can just, will paint a painting or, or whatever. Mm -hmm. I try to do the same thing, but in photos, if that makes sense. So it's concepts okay. where you, you can pretty much set up a whole scene and take the picture. Okay. So what? So uh, so again, what what would what would describe for me the last the last uh, set of photographs you took that you really like look like? What do they What do they look like? I'm trying to remember what my last photograph was. Or, 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 even, or even a time before that. Oh, the last, time just, before. just tell me tell me about what some of your favorite shots that you. I I did recently did like in the fall I did one um, where I had a model like holding these uh, fortune tellers. Okay. And. Where was I going with this? You were my just, mind, you, you, I'm, you, I'm a space guy. You, 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 like, like many artists, you wouldn't be the first one to appear on my podcast. <laughs> um, you were describing one of your favorite, one of your favorite shoots, or was some. Of your oh yeah, artists. so yeah. I had my daughter make um, those fortune tellers and stuff like that, and just had the model holding them, and it's just kind of give like a mystical feel. It's hard to describe. To okay. Be honest. 
All right, get well, to see it. <laughs> well, is there is there a particular place where people could go and see your see your stuff? Do you have an online portfolio? absolutely? It's, yeah. uh, JustinAdamsPhotography.com. Oh, there you go. Simple so, as that. And what kind of what kind of stuff do you have up there? I got everything from photos to videos to mm-hmm. blog on there. <laughs> Links to my Instagram to my Facebook page. Okay. So what kind of what? Um, else. So what? So you, you it sounds like you produce a lot of different kinds of content, huh? Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what, what, what kind of what kind of videos? What kind of videos? I like doing? to shoot like behind the scenes of what I'm doing, stuff like that. Okay, so it's it, pro, kind of process video. Yeah. Yeah. Which that happened by accident too. Uh-huh. So how, what kind of accident was that? Did you just... I was just like, I started building a photography studio in my house, and I was like, oh, I'd be cool to time lapse this. And then, again, I just didn't stop. I'm like, I'm just going to start recording everything that I do. <laughs> yeah. And now I'm just, I, I actually came to the realization by going to school here that I've kind of invented an alter ego of myself. So you have an online sort of personality yeah, that's different I, than your the, own? Like, I thought I was going crazy, and then until we did that, we just did this assignment called some alter ego thing i'm like oh so maybe i'm not crazy other people do this too so in other words so i mean but in other words you your your public persona public being online, yeah exactly exactly is different than the way that you would normally present yourself absolutely right so am i talking to justin now or am i talking to the, the you're talking ego? to justin okay this isn't the alter ego no i don't <laughs> have a name for it <laughs> no I, I understand what you mean though the, yeah the, 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 the idea is that maybe when you're on camera or or you just present yourself in a different way than you would if you're just exactly. well yeah it allows you to explore creativity without limitations in a way right i guess you say you know because i know i'm a good person but you're not so sure about yeah i'm not sure about yeah, right bizarro, my creativity bizarro might Justin. not be yeah, right. <laughs> yeah yeah there you go so tell me about your um about your studio in your house, you, so you, did you did you have like an extra bedroom like kicking around or something? Yeah, the living room. Yeah, I have a house. It's a four bedroom house, and I live alone. So I'm, well, I have two kids, but they're only there half the time. Yeah, and I have this huge living room, and it has really high ceilings, mm-hmm. which is my. It's meant to be. It's supposed to be a photography studio, so I yeah. took a TV out, and it said it's, and that's what it is now. Yeah, well, I just turned another room into the living room. You get the extra bedrooms, so <laughs> exactly, right? yeah. <laughs> Well, like it, that's uh, that's cool, and, and that's and people can watch you do that. And yeah, I actually deleted that video though. All right, so you're out of luck, everybody. And dying for, to see and the, for dying some to reason, see it's not on my hard drive anywhere. Yeah, I can't well, find it. Lost to the tra- it's a tragedy, I'm sure. Yeah, that that's that no one will ever get to ever get to see that. But um, uh, one more time, what was it? What's the website where they can find your stuff? JustinAdamsPhotography.com. Easy enough. Well, Justin, thanks for coming up. Thank you. Enjoy chatting with you. Good job. <laughs> All right, next up is Justin Jackson. How are you, Justin? Oh, I'm doing pretty good, actually. Kind of <laughs> tired this morning, but otherwise I'm good now. You're tired? You're good now? Okay. You're good. Well, you, well, you volunteered to come up and do this, so you must have a little a little energy left in you for the yeah. day, right? So, Justin, you're one of my students, all right, and, and I'm trying to remember, you're a graphic designer or illustration? Illustration. Those things always blend together. I don't know why those blend together for me, but they do for uh, some they're reason. They're kind of similar, but they uh, they take different paths, so I can understand why they might get a little yeah. bit confusing. Yeah. So, so tell me about... Um, have you been drawing since you were barely able to walk? Are you one of those types? or? What? Well, I wouldn't say uh, that early, but definitely yeah. around like third grade, fourth grade. I was definitely doing a lot of doodling. Like mm-hmm. I've had some teachers saying, all right, well, these are great drawings, Justin, but you can't be drawing all over your homework page or something. Or the walls or things yeah. like that. Yeah, right. So I've definitely had an interest a lot with drawing. I think my biggest uh, contributor, contributor – situation of it was from my father's side because he had a lot of comics he still has them he had like these huge shelves of spider-man comics which Mm -hmm. is also why i really like spider-man but um yeah i always had interest in the story but what i really had an interest with was the back pages where they were doing like the non-color pages with like the character design and the setting and i really took an interest with that and tried to do it myself like designing like oh what would spider-man look like if it wasn't red and blue like what if it was like a green and brown costume or something Mm -hmm. and i think that's really what pushed me to go in the art direction yeah so so um comics were a big influence for you um growing up now tell me a little bit about your how your style has evolved are you still pretty much comics or are you used to different kinds of what kind of illustrations do you do now um i'm kind of experimenting um i've well, I would like to do comics. I'm also kind of pushing away from just like doing panels and stuff and mm-hmm. also working with like, I really uh, took an interest because I love to read as well mm-hmm. with um, 
graphic novels. Okay. So rather than just having like superhero fighting, I would also just kind of maybe like daily life. Yep. I like comic strips as well. I was I'm a big Calvin and Hobbes fan because okay. yep. I had a big book of that. Um, but no, right now I don't really have a set style or direction I'm going with, but mm-hmm. definitely something illustrated. Now, do you find yourself, are you a storyteller as well? I mean, you mentioned graphic novels. Uh, do, you, do you find yourself wanting to, to tell stories in ways other than just visually? Or uh, I do enjoy uh, writing stories, especially fictional ones. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not that great with writing like pages after pages, so I'm not sure if I'd ever become like a writer that can write novels, but mm-hmm. I do enjoy writing itself, and um, maybe someday... I would do short stories and then have them either visualized or just have like a small image to go along with it. Mm-hmm. And that's really it though. Yeah. How is your, how you found your experience at NHA so far? Uh, have you, uh, have you enjoyed it? Have you liked, have you liked being in art school, art school generally or? or... So with college, like in high school, they, um, you always kind of have this expectation of, oh, this, um, this is like the big push. Like no one's going to be, help you anymore you need to really get your life together but at NHIA the professors as well as the students they really care about your work and like even if you just need like um, I don't know like supplies or something they will definitely um, get you the means to do that if it helps so they're really concerned I've gotten emails I have some tech with some professors they really care about you here though Mm -hmm. and that's what I really think is a great thing about this school yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to remember. Are you from Are you from the the general area, or are you, are you from somewhere? Else? Um, I'm a, I'm from Massachusetts, Massachusetts so it's okay. not that yeah. far a drive, and it's yeah. not that different, like weather wise either. But I've always lived in like a suburban, so the mm-hmm. city is a little bit new. But I've also been to Boston before, so it's not super. It's not that different living in a city, but on my own, it's kind of a yeah. new experience. Do you find? Um, do you find that being in a more urban environment helps inspire creativity, uh, your creativity at all? Yeah, actually, it um, helps with my settings and stuff. Usually when I used to do art, I just have like a house and maybe a yard or something or mm-hmm. like a, a lot of trees. But yeah. with living in the more urban city, um, I like a lot of um, sort of art with like tall buildings and either like some either like snow or rain just mm-hmm. because it looks visually appealing to me but i mean getting caught out there no one wants to be out yeah. like well we've had plenty of snow and rain yeah. to inspire you as of late right yeah. <laughs> yeah so but also the city at night as well is really interesting mm-hmm. so yeah i would say it really influenced my art yeah and again i'm not suggesting that, that it has to but you know i find i myself i grew up in a very rural setting and when i wanted to go to college and law school it's like i had to go to the city and there was something about just that, that i wouldn't want to live in a big city now but something about that energy at that point in my life i thought was really um it helped inspire me creatively as as well so is there somewhere where people can see your work do you have stuff online yet or is um that... not yet i'm compiling things together though so when i do get to that point where i feel comfortable putting online i'll yeah. definitely have a good um, amount on ready to go yeah yep. yeah well good well thanks justin i appreciate you spending some time with me all right take care thank you thank you okay next up is jacob cornick hi jacob hey thanks thanks for uh thanks for being brave and coming up here and, and spending a few minutes to chat with me i like talking so you like talking good well that's a, this is a good place to do it in front of this in front of this microphone right so um so i don't i don't i don't know you we just met but uh as i've said before i'm guessing you're an nhaa student as i hope you are <laughs> I, I see your i see your uh your your badge around your neck um yeah. tell me about your artwork tell me about tell me about what uh what excites you about art what do you do um i draw a lot of like cartoon type things um like I haven't really developed my own style entirely yet, but like I also draw like, but I try to drawing like a bunch of different like other people's characters to sort of get a feel for how they do it, and then try to adapt that into my own and see if I can get that to work. Um, so I mostly do like fan art mm-hmm. for the most part. Um, but is that something that you have always done? Is it a fairly recent? I mean, have you I, again? I I want any. I can't resist any time I talk to any kind of artist, right? <laughs> Everybody loves like a superhero origin story, so I always love like the the origin. Artists usually have cool origin stories. So I mean, so tell me about how you just how you got started. Um, well, my origin story would probably be considered one of the lamest. <laughs> probably not any more lame than mine. So. <laughs> because it um, basically it started from when I was like really little, as far back as I can remember. I would draw, just like, um, I would draw like uh, characters from the TV shows I watched, and like. <laughs> 
as a kid, I'd mostly watch Veggie Tales, so that would be like all the things I draw. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, there's, so there's a lot of vegetables in your work. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, so so uh, and again, I think for a lot of again for a lot of artists in all different types of media, um, sometimes originally the way you cut your teeth and you learn is by imitating what you see. Right? Yeah. I know as a writer, I've I've, I've done that before. So I, I I'm assuming. Correct me if I'm wrong. That you've gotten past the vegetables, and you're probably doing some other <laughs> stuff now. So, what, what other kinds of what other kinds of sort of fan art? What other kinds of art are you are you drawing now? Um, well, I went from an, from vegetables over to like animals. So animal, okay. Um, I find them more fun to draw than like people, mm-hmm. to be honest. Um, just because it's more of like there are different shapes and stuff, and mm-hmm. there are different shapes with people, but it's all basically like the same kind of form, like the way the structure works. Mm-hmm. is the same just like the sizes will vary but with animals it's like they'll have like different legs and they'll move differently and it's fun to sort of experiment with that yeah so were you did you always have your eyes on or on your way here by was it by accident or was it by design <laughs> and accident's not always a bad answer so <laughs> um well when i was in like middle school like late middle school i was like convinced i was going to get into like game design and like um sort of start like like I was planning games that I wanted to make and like drawing little things for that um and then eventually just like literally the last month of eighth grade I was just like hey you know what maybe I don't want to do games maybe I want to do cartoons instead yeah (laughs) and like basically all of high school I was just like I had like an art class I like tried preparing to like do cartoons and stuff which um all my teachers (laughs) would be like oh you gotta draw like this human figure or something and it's like um for me it'd just be work yeah <laughs> like um i'd be like i want to draw like a dog and <laughs> like no no dogs <laughs> so so have you um have you enjoyed your experience at nhia so far yeah, they're more accepting of dogs, which is a good thing. There you go. Okay, there you go. Yep, dogs and 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 uh, and, and probably uh, fruits and vegetables if you wanted to work on those as well, right? So, um, so how so how about some of some? Is your work available online? Can we find it somewhere? Can people see it yet? Um, I don't have like a Tumblr or a blog or any website for like my own personal like art. Um, I'm most likely going to be making one over the summer. Okay. Um, just like right now, um, I haven't really found like a spot where I'm comfortable yet entirely. Um, I have a Tumblr where I'll like upload very rarely, like just in general and also like in art too. Like I might drop something and like post it on there, but for the most part, um, I just reblog funny things that I find. Oh, there you go. That's a start, right? <laughs> well, well, we'll all be looking for um, and, uh, and well, thank you, Jacob. Thanks for spending some time with me. Thank you. All right. Okay, I'm here with Merlinda Navarro. We starting already? Yes, we're starting. Come on, you're we're jumping right in. No, you you see you, you know the drill. You're you're good, you're good at this. So say hi to everybody. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Merlinda, you are a um, what's the proper word for somebody who's a, who does ceramics? You're a potter, or what do you what do you, what do you call them? Uh, is ceramic is a ceramicist a word? What, what do you call, what do you call somebody who's a, a ceramics major? Ceramics artist. Ceramics artist. Okay. Yeah. So so you're I think the first ceramics artist that I've gotten the interview on the uh, podcast. At least this uh, this version of it. I guess I got to be very fortunate. Well, you know, it's not you're very fortunate, but you, you, everyone's going to be very interested to hear what you have to say. So okay. tell me how do you, how do you get into how do you get into being a potter or being a ceramics artist? I then first started as a ceramics artist. Mm-hmm. I. When I was growing up, I did a lot of drawings and stuff like that. Uh, when I moved here, I guess drawing kind of got me into ceramics because I used to do it a lot through high school. And when I came here, I wanted to come here for fine art. Okay. And I took a ceramics class in high school and I didn't like it because I didn't like getting dirty. <laughs> there and, we go. Uh, a ceramics artist does not like to get dirty. So. Yeah, at that point, I didn't like it. So when I came here, I really wanted to learn how to throw on the wheel. Mm-hmm. So I took a class, my second semester sophomore, I think, and I completely fell in love with it. And I was like, "Wow, I I don't I didn't mind at that point because I don't mind being covered on paint." Mm-hmm. So I I fell in love with it, making and the process, and the details. And when I paint, I'm very texturized and like I feel like I can bring that into ceramics, a bit very texturized and expressive. So that was like my transition to ceramics. 
and right now I completely love it because I feel like it's an easier way to express myself. Mm-hmm. I can still be abstract and like combine painting and other media with ceramics. Yeah. What kind? Of, so what kind of things do you make when you when you're? I, and, and by the way, anytime I talk to the ceramics majors, I love the way they talk. Like the throw on the wheel. Like I just like you guys have like the coolest like expressions. So what? So when you throw on the wheel, what do you? What what comes off the wheel? What do you like? What do you like to make? Uh, when I was first learning, I couldn't get like past one inch. Yeah. But now I can get really tall and like really thin. But like now I'll go and throw on the wheel and I'll make nice thing. Mm-hmm. But then I'll like destroy it. <laughs> okay. So like how we? Oh, just so I can like feel the clay and like see how it moves so it's the process like, I'll, yeah i'll push it to the limit mm-hmm. and it's like i don't know it's something that like is really relaxing mm-hmm. and calming and i don't know like for me i i used to get a lot of anxiety before mm-hmm. and uh i don't know going on the wheel and just making stuff for no purpose it's just something very tactile and physical about yeah, it. yeah right? and like it when i'm doing it I like i like it to be quiet and not mm-hmm. not talking and just do you, concentrate. do you listen to music while you do? I listen to music, and depending on the music, it will change the way I'm throwing. Okay. So if I listen to very calm music, like I'll be very calm about it. If I'm mm-hmm. listening to like like heavy or metal, yeah. it's like let's pull this through. <laughs> That's pretty interesting. Yeah. So like yeah. my music, or like it'll change my mood with a clay. Do you ever? So when, sometimes when you play music, do you do you select certain things in order to sort of fit what you're trying to create? Yes. I also like music. Like, if I want to be very consistent and take my time, I'll play slow music. If I just want to go there and just practice and be like, if it breaks, it breaks. If it doesn't, no, it's good. Mm-hmm. I'll just put, like, heavy music and, like, just go all the way through. But then you rock out. Yeah. Yeah. On that, yeah. Well, the other thing that's interesting um, that you mentioned, Melina, is that you have, you know, you've shifted directions a little bit when you came here, right? So mm-hmm. so even though, even though your art, uh, you originally thought you were going to be a fine artist and a painter, um, you decide to go in a different direction, right? And that so that's um, as a creator, I think that's kind of interesting, right? I mean, it, it's in you sort of opened yourself up to to being creative, but also it, that path is taking you in a different direction than you expect. It is, but I feel like it's still connecting to fine yeah. arts, right? Because I feel like almost every art that you do can be connected. Mm-hmm. You can find a way to connect it or make it create something collaborative with both and like. With uh, ceramics, you can do like hand glaze painting on your on your pots, or you can actually do like a tile, mm-hmm. a big tile, and like make it into little pieces, and then form it into something bigger that is creating a picture. It's because I feel like essentially painting is creating this image. Yeah. And with ceramics, like if you get a bunch of tile, you can also create this image and other color and be vibrant with the color. Yeah. So I, I feel like it's very connected. Yeah, it's all integrated, right? And I think that's part of the part of what you know at art school you you get to sort of see how all that stuff get, does get integrated and how it sort of as a as somebody who's artistic being well rounded um, can influence different types of art. And like coming to school here, like seeing other people has influence in my artwork mm-hmm. because I I like people that give me like like I don't like harsh critic, but I also like it because I'll take from that and I'll mm-hmm. explore and I'll like seeing other people's work and it's like it influences you makes you think a different way so being in school and being surrounded by a community of artists like i feel like it motivates you more mm-hmm. at being more creative because it's like if you do this on your own you can still find motivation but it's not the same it's like if you have more of a community you can like talk and with your colleagues and yeah. express yourself and get ideas or get tips especially in ceramics because it's something that is constantly evolving mm-hmm. are you one of those potters who uh who has those videos of yourself throwing throwing on the wheel i only done like <laughs> three of them but you have done some yeah i have done it but yeah. like it took me a while because i was like oh videos no yeah no and then i finally did so you put them up yeah, yeah. so do you have a do you have like a youtube channel or a website or anything like that i mostly post all of my stuff on Instagram. On Instagram. Because I there's a big community of ceramics artists in Instagram. So I mostly do my art through Instagram. I know there's other mediums that you can use, but I I feel like me learning about all of these media is gonna take time away, at least for me right now, because I'm going to school. Yeah. I'm learning. Yeah. And I'm still learning, so I wanna like I post stuff there, but I wanna I do I wanna do more learning than like yeah, you're focusing sure. on you're focusing on the art. Yeah, I'm focusing on the right. art right and, now. And and the other stuff you can yeah. get to. Yeah. 
Well, that's great. Well, this was fun. Thank you, Marlena, yeah. for, for spending some time with me. Thank you. All right, thanks. <laughs> All right, last but not least today, I'm with Dan Tavis. Hi, Dan. Hi. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for thanks for thanks for bringing up the. Uh, you're like the anchorman of the of the podcast <laughs> today. So um, so uh, Lisa tells me that you are a uh, illustrator. Yep, I'm an illustrator. I do um, I create my own greeting cards and I do a lot of illustrations um, away from school at home. I'm always working on something. Mm -hmm. So I sell greeting cards on my Etsy shop and um, I have one card that I'm selling on Artists to Watch, which is a greeting card company. Cool. And what, what's the what's the style, what illustration style do you have? Uh, children's book illustration kind of. I'm heavily inspired by Calvin and Hobbes, okay. so Bill Watterson's work. Um, and like, I'm inspired by animation as well, especially Winnie the Pooh. Mm -hmm. uh, not only the characters, but the backgrounds, the forest, and stuff like that. Is that, is that what you incorporate into your greeting cards? Yeah, I yeah. uh, incorporate, like with Bill Watterson's work, he uses a lot of watercolor, which mm -hmm. I use, and he uses a lot of pen and ink, yeah. which I use as well. Yeah, cool. So have you, um, have you illustrated children's books before? Um, I've done one book for a self-published author, okay. uh, but I plan on creating my own book, illustrating it, and hopefully writing it, uh, and I'll be working on that over the summer. Yeah, great. Well, tell me, so tell me about the one that you illustrated for, you were commissioned by a, by a self-published author to do illustrations? Um, that was called Flying on a Cloud Over New Hampshire, and okay. it was just about these two boys who um, one day meet up with a whimsical cloud, I guess, mm -hmm. uh, and he brings them up into the sky, and uh, they travel all across New Hampshire uh, in different famous places. So, I, I would imagine was it it was a picture book primarily, or was it a yeah, it was yeah. a small picture book. Yes. Yeah. So your illustrations must have played a pretty big role in that. Yeah. Yeah. So um, did you? Were, did you, you illustrated the sort of famous places around New Hampshire? I did, yeah. um, and all the illustrations in the book are just black and white, just ink, mm -hmm. uh, which I'm not very good at uh, only using black and white, but I was really proud of the cover mm -hmm. that I used. Um, I used watercolor and ink for that, and I really enjoyed creating the characters. How, so how your process of illustrating that book, did you... Did you uh, travel to any of the famous places? Did you look at existing photographs or how did you? Yeah, I didn't have you... an opportunity to travel mm -hmm. places because I've been busy with work and school and stuff like that. But um, I did a lot of research online mm -hmm. and uh, I read a lot about the places. Um, and yeah, that's how I did it. Yeah. So for your um, for your book that you want to work on this summer, mm -hmm. um, do you have a do you can you can you talk about it? Or are you comfortable um, talking about it? You don't I have, have to if it's still in the way. If it's yeah, still cooking, don't worry about it. I have a few different ideas. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure yet. Okay, that's fair. That's fair enough. I, I, I <laughs> fair, fair enough. I know how that goes. Sometimes it's sometimes you don't want to let it out there until mm -hmm. it's, it's fully fully formed. Um, so, as part of your, as part of the book, you're at least you're, you're contemplating. Mm -hmm. um, have you always been a, you know, I say a storyteller. I always think of storytellers' words. Of course, you, yeah. can tell, you can tell stories in a lot of different ways. Yeah. Right? you can tell stories visually through music. Mm -hmm. But in terms of, have you been someone who's always wanted to tell stories in one form or another? Um, well, in terms of stories, I started drawing like way back when I was, I don't know, six or whatever. Uh, I'm pretty shy. I don't talk very much, so I use my uh, drawings and illustrations as well. Um, I didn't really think about creating stories until I started reading Calvin and Hobbes, which was around like 12. Um, I, I was like, it was one of my first days at a new school. I moved up from new, Rhode Island to New Hampshire, and uh, I was on a bus ride, and some kid let me borrow Calvin and Hobbes. From then on, I was like obsessed with uh, creating characters and illustrating stories through those characters. Yeah, so it was just you, you really found that, that one um, that one book that inspired you. Yeah. And it kind of went from there. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's funny how influential Calvin and Hobbes was for so many for so many mm -hmm. people. Um, and obviously part of it is because, you know, illustrations are part of it, and also part of it is the, the big part of it is, is the stories and the, and the language yeah. and, the, and the deeper meaning behind mm -hmm. you know, those strips. So um, that's really interesting. So has, has art school been what you've expected so far? Yeah, it's been my first semester here. Uh, the professors are great. I think that's the biggest thing for me because mm -hmm. uh, they're all like professionals in their fields and they 
are always open to questions, always have time to spend with me after class if I need help, and they understand if um, I have trouble in something, they're always there for me. Yeah, that's terrific, that's great. Um, I'm curious to see some of your work. Is there somewhere online I can see it? Do you have a portfolio yeah, online? Uh, yeah, you can go to my website. It's dantavis.com, okay. uh, Tavis, T-A-V-I-S, and Instagram as well. Great. It's just Dan Tavis. Dan, just Dan Tavis. Yeah, well, I will, uh, I'll definitely check it out, and uh, listeners should too. Well, enjoy to chat with you, Dan. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks. That's it for today's episode. Thanks for listening, everybody. As always, Telling Lies to Children was brought to you by... Well, nobody. Just me and my guests. One of the nice things about being completely unknown in the vast world of podcasting is that you don't have to listen to me read 10 minutes worth of ads at the beginning and end of every episode. But I hope you'll check out my website, pauldurhambooks.com. There you can find out more about the Luck Ugly series, you can book a school visit, you can shop the newly opened Dead Fish Inn gift shop, or just reach out and say hello. I'd love to hear from you. You can also find links to all of my guests' websites and social media there. So until next time, I wish you happy reading, ugly luck, and I look forward to chatting with you again soon. See you next time.